Well, at this time, it is my privilege and honor to bring my brother up. He's going to be a blessing to you. Thank God for him. He's a great man of God. I want my brother John Hendricks give the Lord praise for his servant as he comes. Praise God. Thanks, brother, for that. Jesus, why call you me good? (laughs) There's only one good father. We want to thank you, those of you who are enjoying us by live stream. We thank you for uh, choosing to be with us. And we want to thank all of you who have come to fellowship to hear what God has to say. I'm uh, looking forward to that myself. Um, I got an opportunity want to brag on my wife a little bit because I'm going home with her. (laughs) No, I I, I needed to say that she is definitely a good woman and and deserving of uh, anything that the Lord blesses me to give her. We got an opportunity to uh, go hang out yesterday in um, Riverbend Church. They do the Christmas sing-along. And uh, so I said, hey, do they still do that? And she looked it up. Yeah, they do it. And so, well, let's go. She said, I didn't think you liked that. So, well, I, you know, I like going with you. That's, you know, that's all right. And we went, uh, we went yesterday and, you know, I'm going through over, overcoming as we do in Christ Jesus. But uh, we still enjoyed it. Uh, they had the little, the ensemble, not a full orchestra, you know, an ensemble with singers. You know, we got down to some stuff I thought Pastor might like. They did, the, you know, we'll be true blue. <laughs> so, you know, they did that and uh, did the rock around Jesus. Had an uh, electric guitar lick, Pastor, that I know would have made you smile. The rest of it might have made you want to put a pencil in your ear. But, <laughs> but, we, but we enjoyed it. You know, Pastor Pastor's a little different. But the, the jazz stuff he would have liked. And, uh, and then the Sanders, he would have been blessed. They, uh they saying, I ain't getting nothing for Christmas. And uh, something that they introduced me to, I didn't know that was a song. <laughs> and uh, as we listened to that, uh, I, was, I was mortified. <laughs> as this, uh, they sang a joyous song about this kid's not getting anything. As uh, he's uh, messed with his brother and his sisters, even messed with the dog. And mom and dad are so sad, but uh, he just didn't do anything right all year. <laughs> and I was like, is this what our Christmas songs have gone to? <laughs> I'm like, man, you could at least did one thing, right? Or you spin it. You know, you get there and spin it. Mom and dad, I know the economy is hard. But uh, you can just give all my stuff that I wasn't going to get anyway to someone else. <laughs> you know, spin it a little bit, you know. Anyway, we, uh, we enjoyed that. And, and uh, the main thing is remembering the true gift that was given to us is why we come together and celebrate. And that is our Lord Christ Jesus. And that is a gift that wasn't given just so that, um, not given at all, so that we can actually exchange gifts, which is becoming a merchandising aspect of this season, but so that we can actually get uh, reconciled to the Father, which was the purpose of him coming. And uh, the purpose tonight is actually to look into the gift that he gave. You know, if somebody gives you a box that doesn't have anything in it, the, that doesn't make you happy. I remember my, my mom and uh, I don't think Angel. Nah, she did it too. At a time when it was Christmas time, and you open up this big old box, and there's a little box in there, <laughs> and you open up the little box, and there's more little boxes, and you know you kind of get frustrated. Where's it at? <laughs> because you want what's inside, and sometimes it can be frustrating in our walk in Christ when we hear about God or we look at the discipline that we live. And you compare it to what's going on around you. And you kind of say, well, where is it? Because it's got to be 
There's got to be something more than this. And that's your light. That's your light. That's your value. That's your truth to this world. There is something more to this than just singing and trying to live right. That's your value that you offer to those around you. That's why God says you're a light in dark places, because the treasures hidden within you carry great value and carry great worth. And other people are looking for it, and God has planted it in you. So we're going to look at that today. I call it unlocking gifts and talents through renewing the mind. Um, we've got, I've kind of been focusing on the gifts and talents part because I believe that's a vital part in you being a light. So I'm going to try to show how those are kind of linked and not so much go back over that, but kind of, kind of um, tie that into what we're doing. All right. So, Father, we thank you for the word. We thank you for your presence. And we thank you. You have given us our heart that desires to do your will. Amen. A soft heart to receive your truth, to, to, to meditate on that truth and to produce the life that you've placed in us. Lord, we thank you for the word today. We thank you for the ministry of your spirit right where we are, that um, even as we're listening, as we're receiving the truth, we're also receiving the love, the empowerment, the liberation that we needed when we walked through the doors. Thank you, Lord. It's not just a one-way street. We have a dynamic relationship with you. Amen. All right, you can, we'll start in um, 2 Corinthians 5.17, and I'm going to try my best. No, I'm going to do. It's like Yoda. Do or do not. There is no try. <laughs> Some of you can you'll get that. Pastor's like, what are they talking about? <laughs> 2 Corinthians 5.17, you all know it. We're going to jump through a little bit. I'm going to, again, the um, first uh, point is the new, the new creation requires a new mindset. Let me read this and, and then try to explain what I'm talking about. You know that, but the new creation requires a new mindset. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, we're all in Christ. He is a new creature, new creation. The old things passed away. Behold, the new things have come, which you've heard that ministered. That's not new to you. And uh, probably to going into that might go to Romans 12. talks about renewing the mind. Be transformed by renewing your mind. But I want to um, peel off another layer and, and show it to you the same thing, but in a different way. All right. Same thing, but in a different way. All right. So that's the key verse. We are new creations in Christ Jesus, which means old things have passed away. All things have become new. All right. Now, I want to show it to you in practicality with, Jesus, with our Lord Jesus. Turn to John 4.27. You've seen this, and when you see it again, you're going to be like, ah, 4, John 4.27. All right, John 4.27, this is Jesus. Walking with the disciples, getting ready to talk to the Samaritan woman, talks to her. Disciples are coming back, and they see him. And uh, 27 says, at this point, his disciples came and they were amazed that he had been speaking with the woman. This is a devout man. What's he doing talking with that woman? <laughs> Yet no one said, what do you seek? Why are you talking to that? Why are you talking to her? Why do you speak with her? So the woman left. We're going to skip down to 31. So that's the scene. They've gone away. They've come back. 
They see him talking to a Samaritan woman, which Jesus said the reason for this particular detour was for this encounter that he has with her. That's the reason why they detoured. They come back, see him talking to a woman. And I was like, wait a minute. Uh, you know, that don't, that don't look right. <laughs> Why are you talking to her? And now, he, now he's going to uh, drop Revelation 31, verse 31. So he goes through all that. Then Jesus comes out. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, saying, Rabbi, eat, because they're, they're being out. And watch this. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. Disciples don't get it. So the disciples saying to one another, no one brought him anything to eat, did he? Who went out and got some? We were going out together. Somebody else brought him something. And then he says, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. All right. So they go away, come back. He does what he does. And he didn't ready to teach us. Now, remember, I said this is actually the manifestation of the verse that Paul teaches in Galatians. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. Now, here he says, they said, did anybody bring him something to eat? Because he says, I'm already full. Picture this. When we sit down at a table to eat, we don't eat to lose weight. I do not. <laughs> but even then, what, what, what you do learn in eating is you, you, you eat to be satisfied. Right? Even in even, um, countries where they have a big spread and you're not supposed to eat everything, you're supposed to eat enough of a particular dish or course so that your palate is content with that taste and then you move on. So right here, Jesus says, my contentment, because we were talking about food, the old thing. You need food to get going. That's what, he, he's, he's ministering. He's traveling from place to place. You need energy to move from place to place, physical energy. And then he comes at them, I don't, I, that, I, don't, I don't necessarily need that. He says, I'm content. My contentment now comes from doing the will of God. Let me show you how that's tied into Galatians. New creations in Christ Jesus. Yeah, go to, go to Ephesians. New creation in Christ, Ephesians chapter 2, and then you'll, you'll see where I'm going. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. I'm only going to read part of that and then go back to this, this thought that I'm trying to paint, okay? 2, and you were dead, were, past tense, and you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you formerly walked, formerly, past tense, according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Among them, we too all formerly lived in the lusts of our flesh, indulging, indulging, this is the terminology, indulging the desires of the flesh. Sometimes when you go out to, to eat, the word indulge is used. I, wanna, I just want to draw the parallels here. When you were in the world, before you were saved, before you were renewed in God, you were driven by your physical desires. To, to, to paint a picture, I'm going back to, the, to some of the things that are already laid out there. Remember I said, all right, for, for believers, you live from the inside out. When you were not saved, you live from the outside in. I mean, all of the experiences that you had, 
on the outside affected you in some some sort of way, and then it, it now guides the course of how you walk and live. I gave an example, if, if I had a bad relationship with my mother, maybe that affects how I might treat a nature because of something that was in our relationship, and then that reflects outwardly then, and that, that impacts my life. Um, if you, can, you can see it easily if, if I'm addicted to food because of a because of something that happened in my past and the way that I appease myself whenever I feel like that, because usually emotions, emotions are tied into that, and even, the, even emotions can actually uh, release chemical things within your body. So, so, so I mean, just, that just makes it more real to you so that when that emotion comes back or the memory of the thing come back, comes back, the emotion comes back, and then you're back in that space. And then your body reacts to what do we do to appease ourselves to, to not feel like that or to make that okay. And then if I have a food addiction, that was the way I dealt with it, then I'm eating the food. You, you, you see, I, I'm just trying to tie those things into your daily living to make that practicality, your daily living. So he says, all right, now in Christ Jesus, you are a new creation. Old things have passed away. Now, the things that we do, I'll make another example. The things that we do in our daily living usually have to do with trying to grab some source of fulfillment. Um, people that are driven, they come up through high school, you're going to play basketball, you're going to play football, they're driven to be the best or whatever. They're driven, and so they do that, and then they get into business and they do the same thing. But they, they have to be the best. They have to be everybody, which is usually why no one can stand them, <laughs> because they, you, ha- you must be beneath them, driven. That's the, only way I'm, that's the only way that I'm in content is if I'm on top of everybody. And other people, the only way they're content is if they're surrounded by other people. You know, they're surrounded by other people. I got to have other people. Sometimes that I manifest in relationships. I have to go from relationship to relationship because I can't be by myself. But there's a sense of fulfillment if I'm with somebody, anybody, even if that somebody is not good for me. But I'm content for a time. The Bible says see, sin has enjoyment for a moment. Now watch, now watch what, I'm, what I'm trying to lead, lead to here. In those actions, oh, I'll give you, give you another great example. Well, I don't know if it's a great example. But <laughs> usually, okay, because I, I know I did that in college. All right, when I wanted to, studying definitely was not what I wanted to do, even though I was in college, a place of academia. What I wanted to do is go be what everybody else was. We had this place at UT, getting back to the point here. We called it, the, it was the Malcolm X Lounge where they put it in a smaller room to oppress us. Now, but, but it was where like all of the black people had, and you could, I would, I would have all my books, go into class and stop by the Malcolm X Lounge, and I would go in there, and magically, six hours pass <laughs> before I walked back out. <laughs> Because that's where all the people were, and that's where everybody was talking. You're like, oh, my gosh, this is Africa. You know, it was, it was the place to be. Or and then, then, then they, well, the party's going on, and you go to the, oh, man, I'm going to this party because I want to get, you know. <laughs> I'm, yeah. But that's what made me feel good. You know, some people, they had to, you know, dress a certain way to feel good, to be content. Now, go back to what Jesus said. He said, I don't eat that food. My contentment comes from doing the will of the Father. Here's the key thing. It's, it's not just old things will pass away, all things become new. Here's, this is a paradigm shift. Now, when you change things, if I'm going in the house and I change the color of the wall, that's a change. If I go into the house and I say, all right, 
that window is not a window. Well, what is it? Say, doorway to Florida. <laughs> That's a paradigm shift. <laughs> this, is, this that you thought was something is now something completely different. This is what Jesus is doing here. And this is what happens in our lives. But we must begin to flesh out in our daily walk. Because even though I'm saved and we have to battle the mind that was controlled by the flesh. And I begin to walk toward the things that God has given me. Even though I'm walking toward that way, at some point, I kind of get out here and I get into an area that I'm not comfortable with. I'll give you another good example. All right, so the first two years, you know, I was in college eight years, you know. <laughs> no, I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> the first two years definitely was not studying or whatever. And so, what, what, where's I going with that point? Well, anyway, as, as oh, okay, at, after, after that I got saved, God's giving me better habits, start studying, start disciplining myself. I got to a point where I was in a position to get B's and A's. I felt uncomfortable because I didn't have the pressure of failing. I didn't have the pressure of, oh, my gosh, if I don't pull this all nighter, (laughs) I'm not going to pass. And I found myself sabotaging myself to get back into a space that I was comfortable with where I used to be content. Give an example. Well, failed out of UT before I went back. God said, I'm going to bring you back. You're going to be a light to this campus. And I was going to ACC to get back, taking an English class. Ah, Patina, hated English. <laughs> so I'm standing there studying and getting my thing on. And out of nowhere, I was like, man, I want to do this. I felt uncomfortable. I stopped going to class. No reason. I mean, there were no storms. <laughs> I had money's paid for. Just stopped going. Couldn't handle success. And, and, and if it had not been for God, I still would be trying to pass that English class today. <laughs> Let me tell you what happened. Here's the grace of God. I'm sitting at home doing my best to study, watching soap operas. No, I, was, I, I hate soap operas, but I was watching television. And the phone rang. It's like, what in the world? Picked up the phone, and it was the professor of that class. The professor. Well, I don't know if they're professors at ACC, but whatever it is, that's what he was. He says, is this John Hendricks? I said, yeah, this is John. He said, hey, man, I don't know why I'm doing this. Um, I was on my way to go to my vacation, just because we're now toward the end of the year. I was going on my vacation, and I was just led to give you a call. I was like, for what? Look, man, um, you have this much work that you got to do. But if you do this work, because I told you I was in success in the class. But if you do this and come take these tests and you take this final, you, you probably pass the class with a B, B. And he said, now, look, I, I really don't care. So I'm on my vacation, but I just had to call you. I said, oh, okay. He said, click. He was gone. On vacation, the grace of God. I was trying to fail. And God said, now, get up and go do what you need to do. Got an A in the class. No reason, but I was comfortable in my failure. That's, that's, the, that's, that's one of the heavy things about failing before Christ. You get comfortable with it. You get used to it. And then as Christ is trying to lead you into success, you get uncomfortable. I'll use a, um, a parent example. So I can get back to my thing here. And we don't want to have kids, so I'm using your parents. Parents, you tell me this is not true. Kid, you're, here's the parent. Here's the kid. 
a new environment. Kids right with the parent, right? The kid will step out, step out, look, and he's like, hey, come over here and meet my baby or whatever. And what will the kid do? Back up into the safety of the parent. This is security. I know this. And only when they feel comfortable will they start to step forward again with their environment. Same thing with us. Same thing with us. Was what we should do. Mergie said, if you don't come to me like a child, can't get into the kingdom. And the times that we're oppressed, that we don't feel comfortable, we should back into his arm and presence. Lord, what is this? I'm uncomfortable. And we'll find, right? We'll find safety, security, right? That's what, the, what it says in Hebrews. He, you know, you can go to him, find grace and help in the time of need. But what we tend to do, instead of running to him, we run away from him or run away from that presence because we're comfortable with what was. So he doesn't need you to change. He needs you to have a mind shift. And, he, and, here, and here's, again, here's where the problem is for us, our four sinners, for us. Things that we used to do, we got a certain amount of contentment from that. Let's go party. Yeah, let's go to the bar, go to the club. You know? I know that. But after you're transformed, that doesn't content, that's not contentment anymore. You may get a little bit of enjoyment out of it, but that's not content anymore. So now I have a paradox. I'm doing something that I know to do that used to give me a certain type of satisfaction, but I don't have that satisfaction anymore. Matter of fact, I'm kind of uncomfortable, which is crazy. You know, I could drink Mad Dog 2020, <laughs> flip that up and go get some, you know. Now, I, something's a little wrong because you're not you anymore. You're someone else. However, that someone else is trying to be drowned out by the noise of the world. And this, and this, and this is a decision that we have to make at this point because God's calling you. That's why you're uncomfortable. It says, it says that right there in Ephesians. Says, the things that we, we used to do when the world was driving us, you can't do those things anymore. I mean, physically you can. There's no contentment in that. So now you're troubled, and you make a decision. One, I can turn toward God and walk toward him to find my peace. Or two, I can press harder this way to try to drown out my uneasiness. Cast the demon out of the house, get it clean, comes back seven times harder. Why? You can't live like that anymore. You can't. You can try, but you won't have peace. Well, I drank one glass, now I got to drink two. Well, I smoked one bud, now I have to have more. Did a little bit of crack, now I got to find something harder. It's just not the same, and it won't be the same. The only thing that you can do in that condition it's created so much noise that you can't hear his voice calling you because his voice is calling you, guiding you and directing you. never stops. It's just so loud. Now you, maybe you have some type of tragedy where you're laid up in the hospital, in a room crying, and now you're in a space where he can reach you. But he never stopped calling. Never stopped directing. You just got to make the decision. I have food you don't know about. My meat, my sustenance, my ability to be 
made content by doing the will of the Father. For us now, I don't care what you do, where you are, how far you think you are away, or how close you are, that's not your contentment. But you've got to grow in it, just like a child. When it gets uncomfortable, you have to back into his presence. And you'll find the peace that you thought you couldn't have. But it's, it's now in him. See, that's the paradise shift. Like, oh, we got to eat something. Look at all these people. He doesn't even worry. He not even worry. Start messing with him. How much money we got? Oh, man, not enough. <laughs> he he, didn't, he didn't say he knew that kid was out there with that. But from his paradigm, God always supplies what I need. Wasn't worried at all. Give you another one, paradigm shift. They're in the boat. Going to the other side. He's in the boat. Storm is trying to kill them. Jesus was in this boat, was he not? He's in the boat. But he's asleep. We know this because it said they woke him up. <laughs> don't you care? <laughs> he said, I don't know what y'all worried about. Then we're going to the other side. But because you can't be at peace unless what you see on the outside is removed, be still. But his peace on the inside never bothered. Paradigm shift. We have to adjust to adopt that paradigm shift. Just renewing the mind stuff. It's not make your thoughts better. All right, you know, we need to use that to teach us. But he's talking about radical stuff. Radical. Make the paradigm shift. So the new creation requires the new mindset because God wants you to be content. Right? I came that you would have the abundant life. Can't enjoy the abundant life, the old mindset. They don't mix. So have to, the more we adopt the new mindset, the more kingdom we experience, the more kingdom we experience, the more contentment we achieve. Does that make sense? But you got to apply it. Recognize. All right, this, that, that was part of the old stuff. And then pursue. Father, this is who you say I am. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Man, I just went out and bought that dime bag. But that, no, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And when, when the enemy starts talking to you, you know what you did. The Bible says the spirit of God will rise up with you and confirm that you are God's. You're not left alone. But you have to learn to back into his presence. You're not going to be on the club and, oh, I'm a righteousness of God. That, you're not going to hear that. But you got to, when you feel the emotions of loneliness and depression, that's the trigger to back into his presence. Because that's not true. I'm not alone. He's with me. And you have a family. But it's how we look at it. Man. The righteous God in Christ Jesus. There's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. When I look at them, and I like them, I'm somehow less than them. I can't be around them. And then you abandon your security that God placed around you. 
What does God say? You can't judge another man's servant. Don't do it. You see your brother overtaken in the sin, you cover them, not condemn them. Holy Spirit's job is to convict. That's the love and peace that we have. I can come to my pastor and say, man, pastor, I'm struggling. And hear him say, John, this is how you get deal with that. That's real. But if you run from that, you're running from the security that God placed you in to help you walk out this walk. It's there for you. Got to have a paradigm shift. What do you mean? What do you mean I can I can mess up and still be loved? I'm go matrix on you. <laughs> I'm telling you, once you realize who you are, there is no messing up. There is no messing up. Who's going to condemn you? God, who sent the Lord Jesus to sacrifice Himself so that you could be redeemed. Jesus, who stands at His right hand or sits, making reconciliation or intercession for the saints. Well, not those two. Then who? Even Mama can't breach that one. Oh, she's not saying that. Was that that voice? That voice. Can't get it out of my head. The last relationship. It's not his voice. What's he saying? You are loved. You are treasured. You are seated in heavenly places. Let me embrace you. Let me embrace you. Paradigm shift. The new creation. Everything that God has for you, it requires the mindset change. Not just... I'm going to add some stuff as you're here over and over in this house. But no, we're going to completely change. Up is down, left is right, cats and dogs living together. Another reference. (laughs) (laughs) New creation requires the new mindset. Two, understanding God's will unlocks the treasures of heaven. Or is it where your treasure is? That's where your, watch this, new mindset, treasures, all right? Ephesians 5.17, first part, will of God, right? Because one of the things, are, I, just, I just don't know what I'm supposed to do. I just don't know what I'm supposed to do. It's like the hippies followed us all the way from the 60s. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Should you know what you're supposed to do? Yes, Ephesians 5.17, watch this. So then. So then, so then, so then, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. That's emphatic. Don't be foolish. Understand what his will is. And we struggle. With, I, I, just, I just don't know. What does God want? Oh, so hard. He said, I mean, <laughs> if you got a question, ask. I'll give you revelation. I'll give you wisdom. Whatever. Whatever. Christ Jesus has become our wisdom. God wants you to know this with us. Romans 12, 1 and 2. And I can't, I can't even go through all of them. That's why I hit the one in, in Ephesians. But you know that one, right? Present yourselves. I think there was something else I wanted to show out of that. Romans 12. Just tying this in to build something. Urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God. Present your bodies living in holy sacrifice, acceptable to God. Wow, let me stop right there because, again, there was something else. Notice the first part of that said, present your bodies. Oh, 
Not run, not fight, not resist, but present. Remember, I said, back into his presence. You got you to present. You got to present. Then we get to the other part. It's our spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you will prove what the will of God is, that which is good, acceptable, and perfect. Now, then the Methodist church is like, all right, God's good will, his perfect will, his acceptable will. His acceptable will, I can go with this girl. His good will is, you know, but the perfect is Mary Nietzsche. She had to, had to move her up, you know. <laughs> nah. That's where you should look at it, right? Because that's why they preach it. No, he got one will, and it is good and acceptable and perfect. The point here that he's making out is you should understand what that will is. But it takes the transformation. Can't have the old mindset and understand the will. Remember, somewhere in there it says natural, can't understand. Spiritual? All right. I want to bring in practical realities because we, when we're looking at this and we're looking past the gym, we're like, man, he's like two steps away from heaven. <laughs> he just, we know he has a constant communication, but I want to show you the practicalities because a lot of you don't get go talk to him and he break it down to you. All right. Just from my life, not because I'm the example, but because I can draw from that. All right. Now, I already told y'all at one point I worked at a uh, while you was a it was a what was it? Youth Opportunities Unlimited. It was a it was a program for kids that brought them to UT, inner city kids. Worked with them, brought some of them to the church, and you know we were it's kind of like an RA form. I led them to class. Then I mean we you know, I had a good time working with them. Oh, I tell you another story. This one made me laugh, right? So I had this. It was most it's, we have inner city of Houston, right? So most of the kids were black, but I had a white kid in my group, which happened more than once. God's funny. So of course, you want know, to get in the inner city program, somebody's getting picked on. All right, so I'm like, all right, you know, I'm here to be a light. Went to the brother, hey man, man, John, just keep messing with me, you know. He feels like he got to fight to defend himself, you know. He can show you a man. I said, no, I don't do that. You don't get beat up. So you know, I'm sharing with us. I said, look, man, God, you know, he comes to the Bible study, gives a lot of stuff. Like, look, man, God said, vengeance is mine. I will repay. Don't worry about that. Let God be your covering. Let God be the covering. Let God be the covering. I said, all right. So, he's, so these guys, they keep picking on it. And it's the day that we get to go job, they, they do job interviews and they got jobs. Jobs are already secure because it's part of the program, but we want them to go through the interview process. So I had to walk my kids around to where their jobs are. So we get around, I map it out. All right, this is here, this is here, this is here, this is here. And this kid, I show him where he is this first. And so we go out and he has a job in the library, uh, PCL. Y'all know it's nice, air conditioned, hardly going to be doing anything. And so everybody like, they're still picking on that. Nah, you're in the library. So I said, like, all right, yeah, he's good. Now, the kid that picked on him the worst, I kid you not, there's one kid that picked on him the worst. We had to go out to uh, Dish, uh, Dell, not Dell, not, but, you know, Dish Park, the newspaper room. And because it's so far, and we really hadn't developed, we had to ride the bus certain way and walk. And this was, this was summer. So all the kids were sweating, you know, just, and we get in there, and this kid the, the guy came in and said, yeah, yeah, so you're going to be down here working on these papers, these big spinning machines, you know. You ain't really got the computer stuff we got now. It's a big spinning machines. It was hot in there. So there ain't really no AC. So you're going to be humping this to there. It's really a hard job, man. I'm, I'm, I'm just warning you now. And, so, and it was the worst kid, the worst kid that picked on the worst. So we got, I, so as you're walking out, man, I, I tapped the, the guy. I said, hey, man, now, see how God had your back. I said, look, look, look what happened to him. And the kids heard me. We got out the door, everybody started praying. 
Lord, God, forgive me for missing this. <laughs> but they learned a lesson, boy. I was like, ah. So, you know, I'm doing that kind of stuff on there. So I'm like, this is it. This is what God's called me to do, man. You know, shoot, go work here, get the end of that work week. And the guy who is my boss, uh, supervisor, says, all right, John, we want you to come back because you was great with the kids. I'm like, yes. He said, but. I don't want you talking, you know, those kids about Jesus. I was like, what? You know, I kind of I told you, I was like, hey, you know, should I fear you, fear God? I ain't gonna, I'm going to fear the one that can kill both souls. You know, I was, whatever. So <laughs> I didn't do it, but I was crushed because in my natural man, I thought that was the place for me. Remember, spirit cannot understand natural. I needed to listen to what God was saying because on the other side of that, God had me going to kids across America where I was free to minister in the spirit. And God was able to do greater things. But I would have missed that completely. He had to cut that off from me because I couldn't hear him say, John, I have something different. But I was comfortable with that. It checked boxes for me. But that wasn't his will. It was getting me somewhere, but that wasn't it. See, See what I'm saying? How have to have the new mindset. So it puts you in position for God to guide you into what is going to be unfamiliar and uncomfortable, but it's going to be the best place for you. That's that's natural stuff. New mindset. Understanding is what he wants you to know. It's a good will. Very good for you. But you're not going to get that watching television. I mean, watch some ministry stuff. Not that watching television is bad. I'm just saying hearing his will comes from his processes. You understand what I'm saying? And when I can't hear his will, when I'm not sure what he's saying, it, does, it doesn't mean get frustrated and then run away from the place that he's called you to hear his voice. It just means you need to focus more. Okay, I, 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 I got I to get quiet. Okay, let me cut this off. Let me cut that off. Let me, let me cut out some activities because I'm really not sure what's going on. Right? We go, you go, <laughs> one time I was in Dallas looking up, we're about to get married, I'm looking for hotels for us to, to stay in before we go on our, our honeymoon, and I rented a car, and I parked in downtown Dallas and walked to these hotels. Got outside and realized, I don't know where this car is, <laughs> because it's not my car. <laughs> I didn't know where I was downtown, and I didn't know what the car looked like. I was like, ah! <laughs> Now, at that moment, I did not go get a band. <laughs> I did not get out of the ministry and say, help me, help me. <laughs> I was like, okay, let me think. <laughs> let me think, let me think, let me think. So I had the clicker. I was like, let me click, let me click, you know. But I got quiet so I could focus and think. And at times in your life, okay, now, now I'm drawing just from wisdom from Master Jim. When things are the loudest, when things are the most rocky, that's not the time to make big decisions. Get settled because you need to hear better. It's not, it's not, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. I was with that guy for so long and it just hurt my heart. God, what are you doing? No, just let's, okay, let's, 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 let's think. <laughs> Calm down. Let's hear. Was that, was that the, was that the person? Or was it not? If it wasn't the person, I don't need to validate that experience. I just need to say I missed it. Yeah, no condemnation. Let's just get it right. I, can't, I, I, don't, I don't know. Should I take this? Should I take that? Should I? 
Calm down. Let's focus. Can I hear? I can't hear. Okay, then I need to take some time. Because he's leading me. He leads and guides me in truth. He's leading me. I just can't hear right now. It's okay. He has protections in place. Only a fool says he's wise in his own eyes. So I'm in a place of wisdom. I'll go talk to pastor. Pastor, this is what I'm thinking. Well, here's what I hear, John. I have godly friends. I can go to them, share stuff with all the time. Those are your protections. Because in the koinonia, in the fellowship, just like the anointing. I mean, look how God sets that up. When in the times when we feel ourselves feeling less than, those are the very things we push away from. And you know when I'm letting pastor see me, he's going to look at my eyes, he's going to know I was drinking. <laughs> Man said, Sunday after Sunday, I don't care about drinking. No, no, he knows. <laughs> he knows. I was having sex last night. He knows. I tell you this, if he knows, he ain't telling nobody. <laughs> but you, <laughs> no. I mean, that's the first person I come to. All right, pastor, I'm dealing with this. Are you through with it? Oh, well, you don't to talk to me. <laughs> it's a waste of time. <laughs> Why? It's making you deal with, deal with reality. You're going to enjoy the new creation. Got to have the new mindset. So that those things begin to grow in you. Because what happens is you don't have the new mindset, you'll be the one fighting the transformation. You'll hear God saying, I need you to go Sunday. I need you to go Wednesday. I need you to study this. And you'll fight that. No, 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 no. Will and grace comes on Monday. <laughs> Whatever. You know. <laughs> You'll fight that. <laughs> and it'll be, it'll be you, right? God, God, I need $200 to pay this bill. I need $200 to pay this bill. And Sister Jerry comes by, she gives you $50. And you go to Cheddar's. God, I need $200 to pay this bill. I need $200 to pay this bill. And Sister Lou comes by, gives you 100. Praise God. Go to Macy's. <laughs> God, I need $200. <laughs> Why didn't you give it to y'all at once? I don't know. Learn a lesson. Then you know you at Pastor Jim trying to borrow $200. <laughs> That's just a personal thing with me. Like, man, eat less. He can't give you what he would like to give you because you would mess it up. It's there. Right? Israel. Straight shot. Straight to the promised place. So I can't take them through there. They'll lose heart. They got to wander. And so you're wandering around in this, oh, man, it doesn't seem like I'm going anywhere. Well, you're not. Because you haven't learned this lesson. And he's going to make sure you get this lesson so that getting here doesn't destroy you. God, I'm going to be a millionaire. He's like, not this year. <laughs> you ain't learned lessons about debt. <laughs> you holding up the process. We need 12 millionaires. He's like, I got 12 debt millionaires. <laughs> Come on. Give it the process. I'm a millionaire. What's the next step? How can I get there, Father? I need you to learn this. I need you to learn this. You hear what I'm saying? Can you believe God for five dollars? I know. Hey, that's double. <laughs> I've been blessed. I've been blessed with five hundred. I know it's real. You don't learn that then. 
when you have a million and then the enemy comes to steal that, what will you do? Big, that's big difference. You lost five dollars, you might be unhappy. You lose a million, somebody's got to die. <laughs> See? Can't get that to you. <laughs> you got to learn something. Now you in jail, and we all in here worshiping God. The Lord delivered them. God, I tried to tell him. <laughs> no. New creation reality. He has great stuff. He needs you to understand what his will is. How do I get that? You practice now. You practice now. Learning what he wants, learning what he desires. And that stuff grows in you, right? Understand what God's will is. It unlocks the treasures of heaven. See, I can't even just get into it. I'm working this out as I minister to you. So then go quickly. But I want, I want you to see this, the treasures of heaven, right? Oh, which ones, Father, which ones? Okay. The treasure in Ephesians 2. Ephesians 2. I just want you to see this because we want to be content. New mindset, right? Ah, it's knowing his will. Ephesians 2, start, I think, verse 9. I'm trying to see the note because I'm, I'm jumping around. I'm sorry, Ephesians 1, I'm sorry. Ephesians 1, 6. Ephesians 1, I'm going to start in 6, all right? Well, 5. He predestined us, he predestines, planned beforehand for us to be adopted as, as sons through Jesus Christ to himself, according to the kind intention of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, which he freely bestowed on us in the beloved, verse 7, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. Look at that. He says, according to the riches. Look at the words that he's using. According to the riches of his grace. Rich means bountiful. You got forgiveness. Riches of his grace. Verse 9, should I, I go to, where do I go to? I just can't read it all. 9, 10, 9, no. No, no, 9, verse 9, he made known to us the mystery of his, look at it, again, I, I didn't plan this. He made it known to you. He said, I don't know what he wants. That's not his problem. He's not trying to hide what he has for you from you. That's the enemy. He's making it known. And, and, and it sounds like this stuff is pretty good. He made known to us the mystery of his will according to his kind intention, which he purposed in him. Look at this. His kind intention. You do something wrong and you, you think, oh, God's going to get me. That's not God. Perfect fear. Perfect. Perfect love casts out fear. And then it says where you have fear, that type of love is immature. I remember one time I was pursuing her from out getting together. She was mad at me. So was, you know, it's me. <laughs> so I was, I was always struck. Oh, I messed up my good thing. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe it. She's got to leave. And I called her. And I was like, man, you know, we're still together. Like, What's wrong with you? I was like, oh, it's over. <laughs> it's over. I thought I have a shot at that again. And uh, she said, man, just because I'm mad at you don't mean we, we're separating. I'm like, it does. It doesn't. 
immature love. Immature. Any, every married person in here would tell you, hey, some bumps in the road. I want to squeeze the toothpaste from the top, he squeezes it from the bottom. We got to fight. <laughs> you don't break up for that stuff. Another nugget from Pastor, and yeah, I just throw these out there. It's like, look, John, sometimes you got to just make a decision. You want to be right or you want to be married? <laughs> I mean, this, this stuff helps you. <laughs> this stuff helps you. I was like, well, <laughs> no, nah, man, come on. Just wisdom. But you get that from the word. Immature love. Oh, my God. I can't believe what he did. What did he do? Don't know. <laughs> Just a, ready to have World War II. No, mature love. There is no fear of judgment. You just need to come to him. It's an incredible gift. Remember what he said? He said, this good news, too good to be true news. Oh. You get it not because of what you do or what you're worth. He just gave it. He said, accept it. It's yours. I, 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 again, these, these treasures, uh, I'll jump to 18, jump to 18, Ephesians 1, 18. <laughs> I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you will know the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Paul says, you know what? You you, you just got to see this. You you don't understand what I understand. Man, I'm praying that you be enlightened, that your, your inner man's eyes open to see these great riches that God has for you. That's, that's the hope of your calling. It's like, oh, there's more to this, there's more to this life than what I currently have. But I have got to move toward him and embrace it. Obtain it, achieve it. He's given it, but you got to go get it. And as you're getting it and obtaining it, you're transforming. His glory is shining in you. And now you're in the place where you're being content. I have news for you. You're not going to be content where you are. He says we grow from one degree of glory to the next. I don't care what you learned last week. If that's all you hold on to, you're going to be discontent. There's more for you than that. His bottomless treasures. So, so we don't hold on. Don't make this long. My point, my point, my point. Great things in God for you. Things you wouldn't have imagined. Oh, let me give you another gift. Main gift. So Jesus descended. And then when he ascended, he gave gifts. What were the gifts that he gave in that particular instance? Ephesians 4? 4. He gave pastors. He gave prophets. He gave teachers. He gave men. The gender men, mankind, humankind. So, you know, don't come at me, women. <laughs> gave man with gifts. I'm going to extend that because of Romans 12. You are the gifts of light. 
that our God has left in this world for people to experience God's goodness. The talents that God buried within you are valuable treasures waiting to be unlocked. They can't be unlocked without knowledge of his will. You have to transform your mind. But as you walk into the giftings that are within you, oh, you're the greatest gift God could have given outside of Christ. But then as he is, so are we. As you unlock the gifts within you, well, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't know what I'm good at. Good. You need to focus on him so that you understand him. And understanding him, you understand yourself. And as you understand yourself, you start walking out your calling. And as you walk out your calling, you'll draw people to you. You know what? Because they want success. I don't care if your success is having a, a I don't say a happy home marriage because it's more than that. Man, but you have a, a healthy family. People want to hang with you just because. I see the Sanders. I want to be a Sanders. <laughs> you know, or a Robinson. There is joy in their heart. And it's just like Jesus. You don't have to remove the storm, but the joy is there. I want that. Kids healthy, happy, playing the guitar with weird things coming out their nose. <laughs> if I got kids, I want that. I want that. I don't want my kids to be hellions. <laughs> what did they do? I'll give you another piece of knowledge because you are the gifts. Another piece of knowledge, Pastor Sher. I said, all right, Pastor, I want to be I want to disciple people. I want to, I want to. How do I do this? Look, John. Just make it simple. They're, you know, want to grow in God, just tell them to hang around you. So, okay, I don't know what they want to do that. <laughs> hang around me. It's all right. He's feeding me stuff all the time for him. Good morning, Holy Spirit, before he banned Benny Hinn. I don't think, is he banned? He's not banned. Well, anyway, good morning, Holy Spirit, one of the books he fed to me, learned about the Holy Spirit. So I'm on fire, right? What? Just tell the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I go. I go into uh, intervisions. I, I choir. This is one. This is this is about we we used to have a prayer at the end of the of 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 our practice time that would last like an hour, and the rehearsal was a couple of hours. And so anyway, I go into the, we were about to have this prayer, and I stand up because of him. He did it, and I start just sharing. The stuff starts flowing out of me. You know, rivers of living water. You know, one of my giftings is the, is the teacher, whatever. But I, you know, so it's just coming out, and I'm like, man, I learned this about God and the Holy Spirit, and I'm just. I'm just sharing. And out of that, that event, I met Kenneth Price. Kenneth Price came to me and said, man, oh, two things happened. But Kenneth Price said, man, I just, well, he came to me, asked to Damon. He said, man, I, I, I just, you know, I'm, I'm a Christian, but it's, there's something a little different. He said, I need to have what y'all have. And I said, hang out with us. And he did. And he grew. Had nothing to do with me. I was pretty dead. I was like, well, I guess I guess is where I use it. Here it goes. <laughs> Another girl came up, came up to me. There's a female, so I had to, I, you know, I had to struggle with this one because you know I, I wanted females. But she got, she said, man, just just John, just, something was happening when you were you were there and, and you, know, you were preaching. She said, I was preaching with one preacher yet. So you were you were preaching and and I've been doing these things and 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 things are talking to me and I just I just don't feel right. No, I said, all right. I'm going to apply the other things. You should give me the Captain Coleman stuff. So I was all right. Let's go into the hallway. So I was going to lay hands on him. 
was going to the hallway. Said, All right, let's go. And there was a janitor there, Hispanic janitor. He was doing his things. Machine. James is not a machine. I'm talking about. He's it's in the church. So my friend Sean Adams, Sean Adams was with me. So I said, "All right, I'm gonna pray for you. Just lift up your hands, cause I saw I see him do. Lift up your hands, lift up your hands." So I lay hands on. Him, I close my eyes, cause I need to concentrate. So I said, "Father God," and I said, "Oh, Father, I don't know what I'm gonna say, but I'm I'm waiting to hear." And Father, thank you. And then, and then I feel inspired on the inside, and so I start, you know, thank you, Father, and you know, I command that she be released, and you know, and and, and she's I don't know what she's doing. She's like, you know, she's doing this. And the, and the guy over here on the, my friend is kind of, he's, he's on the side of me. He's praying, come on, come on, come on. And the, the janitor's like doing his, doing his thing. And, and then somewhere in there, he stopped. Now, now, I didn't know he stopped, but I'm about to tell you, I knew he stopped. Because <laughs> I'm like, all right, what? You know, and stuff is happening. And then when I got to where we release her and whatever, all of a sudden I felt this whoosh. Like something left her body. Now, at that point, I opened my eyes. That's how I know the janitor stopped. <laughs> I was like, and she hit the floor. Bam! So this is what you really do need catchers. Because he's supposed to catch her, but he was watching me. And so he, he looked at me. I was like, dude, you messed, you messed up. I was the prayer. You the catcher. So she hit the ground. Bam. A skirt flew up. She wasn't wearing nothing. So now I need prayer. <laughs> so we kind of did. The Bible, you know how they back in. And she, she's out. So he, he looked at me, what you did? I was like, ah. <laughs> Pastor Jim had been silent on this issue. <laughs> so each time we just, all right, oh, praise God, praise God, you know. And uh, we're standing there, and so now she has moving, so I'm like, oh, my gosh, she's dead. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this. I'm young. I've seen him do some stuff, you know, but they got up, you know. So she's, she's there, and the janitor's looking at us like, y'all got to get out of here. <laughs> and so we're waiting and waiting, and finally, you know, she, she starts to move, and and her friend comes in looking because she saw her going to this building with two guys. So she goes in and she's, man, are you okay? And she's kind of like, like this. And she, you know, she's getting her up. And so she, she's like doing this. And I said, well, I guess it worked. And I go outside. And I'm like, man, praise God, praise God. And somebody walks by me and they get weak leg. And uh, I was like, oh, we're going to get John. What happened? I was like, I don't know. It's exciting. <laughs> and I saw that girl later on. And she was carrying the word. Matter of fact, I think she took one of my Bibles. I would always lose my, I thought I was losing my Bible. People were stealing my Bibles. Is <laughs> you not? I had I left the Bible in the Bible study and came back to get it and it was gone. Years later, this girl came and she said, you know what? I found this. And she was living in San Antonio. I found this. And you know what? The, the word is good, but the little comments that you write in the section, those were so good. They blessed me. And I was like, because he teach you to write in your Bible. And I was like, man, you could have returned my Bible and got my name in the front. <laughs> anyway, but that girl was still walking the way that God, as if God had touched her. Because you have gifts and talents within you for God to reach out and touch people. But you got to grow so that he can do that. So you can understand his will and hear his voice and then act. So come on. Come on, step up to what God has called for so you, you can enjoy these gifts and talents and then you'll be content because you get to enjoy the things that he wants you to enjoy. And leave that other stuff because you know what? It's not going to make you content anymore anyway. You're new. You're different. So you might as well just go all in on God's side because that's where your contentment, your peace, and your joy is. Amen?
Pastor, do you have anything? Father, we thank you for your word. And right now, opening our eyes and our understanding in our inner man, that we may know and understand your will and continue stepping toward you, that we may become all that you have called us to be, pressing toward that hope of our calling. You are blessed. Go in God.